Phoebe, we just got back from our honeymoon, and we watched two of the most incredible films of all time. Okay, we watched two of the films of all time. Okay, we watched two films. Uh, we liked them both. I think, uh, Old Henry and The Lost Daughter. Well, I watched five films, but two of the ones that you were awake <laughs> for on the flight, we watched together. Listen, there were, uh, there, there was some sleeping on the, the, the two six-hour flights from uh, New York to Kauai, but not as much as I would have liked. Uh, so somewhat amazing. Uh, to, I saw Lost Daughter, and part of oh, Old Henry, you watched the whole thing. We watched the rest of Old Henry here back in New York, and we're here to talk about it for... Joshua and Phoebe yell about movies. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Joshua and Phoebe yell about the movies. Okay, we're back. That was our intro. We're back to talk about Lost Daughter and Old Henry, two films that came out in the last year because uh, Joshua and Phoebe yell about movies. What do we do, Phoebe? We watch them. We do watch them. We we do watch them. <laughs> we watch them, and we like to talk about new films to let you guys know what's going on, uh, let you know our thoughts about them, and maybe we can help. Maybe we can help you avoid a bad film. But more often, I like to only give you reviews of uh, films that you might actually want to watch and why. Every film that I saw on the flight. Go Delta uh, was amazing, and I would love to actually watch the other films with you, too, that hopefully could make it on here. But Go for it. Give it, us a little preview of the other films. No, I want to focus on The Lost Daughter <laughs> okay. and Old Henry because they're so good. I think they're worth every minute of this podcast. They were, absolutely. Uh, do you want to give us a little breakdown of The Lost Daughter? Well, it is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, mm -hmm. which is, you know, very risky because I went in there saying this is either going to be great or it's not. And I didn't read anything about it or know yeah. about the hype. And that's my... The, that's the best way. My goodness, what an incredible debut. She was comfortable allowing chaos to be chaotic. She doesn't explain or clean up her characters. It was artful. It was lovely. It was too claustrophobic it was too creepy okay so olivia coleman plays lita and jesse buckley plays lita in a flashback sequence actually uh, half the film was a flashback uh ed harris is the landlord of the house she's staying at she's on a, a greece vacation uh peter sarsgaard is uh, the man that she has an affair with a scholar that takes interest mm. in her while she was an overworked, bored, and unnatural mother. That's right. To two annoying and clingy kids. That's but right. They were cute. They were cute. Uh, that's from the flashback sequences. And Dakota Johnson plays Nina. She's a young mother in the current time that Olivia Coleman's character Lita relates to and has fun uh, talking to her, and uh, her daughter is lost. She finds her daughter, not unlike the lost daughter, and what sets up. The, most of the film, she steals, steals Dakota Johnson's daughter's doll. And Dakota Johnson is as electric and mysterious and mystifying in this as she is in all of her movies. I just am such a big fan. Uh, she has all of Melanie Griffith's, her mom's mystique. And all of Don Johnson's sort of like uh, allure. They, I just think that she's incredible in this and everything else she's been in. 
Oh, um, well, yeah, I, I guess she's got good parentage, <laughs> uh, like you said. We like the film, but we are not your average film goers. Who who should watch this film? Because there's not a lot going on here. Grown-ups. 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 <laughs> this is a movie for adults. Yeah. It is a very interesting, sympathetic look at what happens to people when they are completely self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean in like a, a vain, you know, self-indulgent general cliche kind of way just people that only look through social situations through their own lens without maybe picking up on on cues uh and making decisions that really hurt other people based on your own impulses yeah it really made her seem strange but i think part of why she seems so strange as uh the retiree who was in her 50s in greece later in the film is because she's alone i feel like if she stayed with her family you know, if she still had a family, if she still was close with her daughters, she wouldn't be so strange. I think isolation does that to a person. I'm not entirely clear whether or not she isn't close to her daughters because she calls her daughters at the end of the film. Or does she? It's <laughs> uh, possible. Some think people she... think she might be dead after that car crash. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I just... Anyway. Interesting okay. theory. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting theory. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the ending of the film was just weird and made no sense. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, yeah, her, her daughters are mentioned a few times in the film, but we only see them in the flashback sequences, and she calls one of them at the very end, but other than that, you're right. We don't know about her current relationship with her daughters or what's going on with anyone else in her life. She's just sort of there on vacation, taking it in. Uh, and taking too much of a an interest in Dakota Johnson, who's this gorgeous young mother and her daughter, which often triggers the flashbacks to her own life as a young mother uh, and how she abandoned her children for three years. And then she says that she came back when she started to miss them. So anyway, your question was, who should be watching this film? And I said grownups. Because it's about grown-up things. I've never seen a movie that was so sympathetic and also showing it as a mistake to leave your family. Especially a woman who describes herself as an unnatural mother. Just motherhood just wasn't in her DNA. You know, that's true. You're uh, you're actually very right. I'm realizing that in film especially, this, uh, this topic is largely unexplored. And what it is, it's often told through the province of a man mm-hmm. uh, and there's some joke about going out for cigarettes and then he shows up six years later and then right exactly there's that so, so it was interesting to both see the consequences of her decision but also her lack of remorse for it mm-hmm. she says that it felt amazing to leave her kids right and only went back to them when she missed them mm-hmm. three years later yeah didn't seem to care what they thought during that time that's why I was saying she's a selfish woman and so you can't even really trust the narrator for presenting to you a accurate view of reality because we're really looking at it through this woman's selfishness. Yeah. It was very weird to watch. Very uh, stylistic, like I was telling uh, my cousin, extremely European because not a lot happens, uh, but like all great European films, there's a lot of ennui, uh, regret, and at the end of the film, the ennui comes out as we know it will. Mm-hmm. But throughout the film, there's like uh, just a, a layering of sort of dread. Like everything comes with a layer of dread. Like like that doll. Did the doll represent uh, the lost daughter? 
Uh, what is Man. it? What was it? What did the doll represent? I don't know. I have not figured out the doll, but I know at one point it's filled with water and like a snake comes out of it at some point. It's like a gross doll. Oh, wait, something came out of the doll, didn't it? it yes. There was a, a, a little insect. It remember? was either a worm or a snake. I couldn't figure uh, out oh, what wait. it was. Oh, wait, I think it's a cicada. I looked it up. It was it's a just cicada. Oh, there's then there's got to be something to that, too, because remember, yeah. she woke up and it wasn't a cicada. Okay. It was a stringy thing, but there was a cicada on her pillow. Oh, that's right. I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, okay. I, I don't think, came out. I'm not sure if there's any meaning to the bugs there it being there either, but I don't know why she held on to the doll, but, yeah. uh, you know, spoiler alert, um, I thought it was kind of weird that Dakota Johnson, after after Ed Harris mm-hmm. describes this entire tribe of family, I don't know where they're from. They're from, are they, were they from Long Island or New Jersey or well, something like well, the, that? Well, it was set in Greece, but I'm not, I can't remember where they're from, but he, he described them uh, as bad people. Bad people. He said they're bad people. Stay away from them. They're bad people. And the only time we see that they're bad people is when Olivia Coleman reveals that she took the doll and she kept the doll and she doesn't know why. And Dakota Johnson takes the hat pin out of her hair, which was a gift from Olivia Coleman, and right. stabs her in the gut with it. That's the closest wow. thing to being a bad person that I see. Right. Well, uh, they're uh, starting to backtrack from that. I- I'm never going to get over that hat pin stabbing. That was that was brutal <laughs> and out of nowhere. Uh, we was leading up to that. But uh, our introduction to those characters in that family is when uh, Olivia Coleman is underneath an umbrella on the beach, uh, rightfully vacationing by herself, and this family comes along and asks her to move so their whole family can get in this one spot. And she refuses, and that's when she meets Dakota Johnson, who comes in and just gives her hell. Mm-hmm. And then she apologizes, I think, a minute or two later, but... At first, Olivia Coleman has this attitude of like, my God, what did I do? I just want to sit here and enjoy my vacation. You know, that's what, that's what it seems like she's thinking. I think Maggie Gyllenhaal did a great job with this film because nope, it's really hard to love or have sympathy or forgiveness for a character that harms children. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what that harm is, but I think anybody whose mother abandons them, you know, when they have memories... Uh, would be harmful to that child. And so while it's not set up for us to approve of her decision, um, it also kind of shows us both sides. Yeah, and during the time that she's with her kids, her kids love her. There's many uh, flashback sequences that refer to her peeling an orange. um, As a snake. As a snake, yeah. They say, uh, peel the snake, don't let it break. She does this cute thing where she peels the skin off an orange in one go without letting anything break. Uh, and so her kids love her so much that when she comes back years later, her poor uh, abandoned husband gives her a lot of leeway because you can tell he still loves her and also because he's overwrought taking care of these kids. And uh, you can see him come sort of sobbing. He falls down at her feet. He's on his knees and he begs her to return because he can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But he wants to be good to the children and the kids want to be with her. Which So he obviously hasn't been talking bad about her, so he must love her. And she must have loved them during the time that she was with them, but she had it in her mind to leave for whatever reason, kind of unexplained, except... It's kind of a bummer. I mean, it's a beautiful bummer. Film's a bummer. Yeah, Yeah, it's a beautiful bummer. But if you love grown-up themes told artfully Mm -hmm. and feel like going to Greece for a couple hours, watch The Lost Daughter. Great performers, great direction. I give it uh, nine and a half dolls. 
Nine and a half dolls. Well, before talking about how at the end of her vacation, uh, oh, before talking about how she got stabbed by the hat pin and then she kicked all her suitcases down the stairs and then had a car crash after that and was driving to we don't know where, I'm going to give this um, nine mysterious car crashes. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to give the film. That was the end of the film. She uh, kicks her suitcases down the stairs. She's on the second floor of a uh, building. Kicks your suitcases down the stairs, and you got a lot of pleasure, by the way, watching her kick those suitcases. And it's the most satisfying part of the movie because who the heck wanted to carry all those down the stairs? <laughs> right, it's the only part that really made sense. <laughs> it was, it was like her her resignation. She was like, "I don't need this suitcase anymore. I don't, I don't need to be here. Who cares? Who cares about anything? Who cares about your suitcase?" She was stabbed. It was a exactly. bad wound. It was it was a life moment. She was like, "None of this matters anymore." I'm surprised she didn't just leave the suitcases. Uh, she got in her car and has a car accident and then calls her daughter. The lost daughter, as it will. If she's alive. If she's alive, we don't know. Um, anyway, very strange ending. Um, but worth, worth watching. Worth watching. It, it's on Netflix, so hey, you probably already have a subscription if you're listening to this. And if you're not listening uh, and you don't have a Netflix subscription, I say, why? <laughs> why? Get a Netflix subscription. <laughs> Get one. You probably already have your friend's uh, passcode borrowed already. Uh, okay, moving on, we also watched Old Henry. Yes. Old Henry. Uh, this one is uh, very short. It's uh, about an hour 37. A lot more fun. Stars Tim Blake Nelson as uh, the titular Old Henry. Gavin Lewis as Wyatt, his son. Scott Hayes as wounded guest. Uh, his name was Curry. Trace Atkins has his brother-in-law, Al. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. He's still at it. St- he's still at it. Uh, Dorff on, Dorf on shooting. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dorff, remember Dorff? I feel like Stephen Dorff should yeah. have second billing in this. He, he should. He's, I mean, he's the lead villain. And he's the guy that gets the, the big death scene at the end. I love them br- resurrecting like the bad boys from the 80s and 90s that I grew up with, mm-hmm. who plays a great bad guy in this as well. Uh, he sure does. He sure does. Uh, so, what's Old Henry about, Phoebe? Gosh, you know, it's one of those things that I... This is a real spoiler. It's a it's a mini-western uh, starring Tim Blake Nelson, who yeah. is just a quiet man whose wife died 10 years ago. Wait, we're watching a quiet man? I thought we were watching Old Henry. No, I said he is a quiet man. Oh, oh I thought you said we're watching a quiet man. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) great movie joke. I wish you would have gone with it. All right. So, Tim Blake Nelson is a farmer and living a simple life and raising his son and his wife apparently died 10 years ago uh, from tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. And he's going along and uh, finds this bleeding man and a bleeding horse Mm -hmm. and some loot. And a bag of money, that's right. And so, and he brings them all back to his house yep. and helps nurse this sick man named Curry mm-hmm. uh, back to health. Sure. And uh, when he finds that loot, he has a, a, a moral quandary. He looks at it and he says, nope. And then he walks away from this big bag of money. Leaving the money at the scene of the... Whatever it was. Whatever it crime, was. Crime. Crime. Death. Wherever something. he found Curry yep. and the horse. Uh, and then he thinks better of it, grabs the money, and that sort of starts the movie from there. 
Yes, he goes back and grabs the money, and what we find out later is that that is the moment where he grabs hold of his former life. Uh-oh, what's his former life? Am I allowed to say it? I think you are. He's Billy the Kid. What? Who's Billy the Kid? Billy the Kid hiding out. Everybody thought that he was shot in New Mexico, but according to this Can't movie, be. in actuality, he... Right, this is a real-life historical figure in mm-hmm. a fictional movie. Well, so that's this fun. may have happened, but there's no account of that. That's okay. It's fun. It's uh, old, old cowboy villains are fun because we... Um, people today are looking for, like, shades of gray. And, like, those, those old villains from back then, those old uh, scoundrels, we sort of have fun with them. Why mm-hmm. do you think that is? Why, why do we have fun with those old cowboy villains? Well, so it's sort of like, I think, like the beginning of America, okay? Yeah. It's glamorizing the pioneers mm-hmm. and this gold rush mentality because it was a really, really hard life back then. Yeah. So, you know, back in the 50s, cowboys were heroes with guns and mm-hmm. masculine figures yeah. and they were the ones that started our country right they were outlaws and i i think something i think it's, cowboys weren't outlaws right but no 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 billy the kid was an outlaw oh you see oh, right I, 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 I think the comparison is kind of like uh tony soprano's character we we like it's uh, americans we love these like uh, mobster films where the mobsters have a certain code so uh, the original anti-hero was the outlaw of these old westerns like these old famous characters like billy the kid we, we like to believe in our mind that they were honorable people forced into being an outlaw by a set of circumstances, but they followed a moral code, or so we like mm-hmm. to tell ourselves. And that's what this film was sort of playing on, I think. Mm, anyway. I agree. Okay. Did you like the film? I loved the film. You loved the film. I mean, they're leading up to the final fight scene. Yeah. I don't want to leap ahead too far, but sure. the final fight scene, mm-hmm. we kind of get to see whatever our imagination is come to life of what an incredible fighter and gunslinger Billy the Kid was. Yeah. Almost too unrealistic. Uh, (laughs) He fights off uh, eight men at once. Eight men at once. So it's, 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 it's really fun that way. Uh, The other times we see deaths in this, because there are quite a few, uh, they are pretty gruesome. They are. I felt like we were watching people killed the way it really looks, yeah. not the way Hollywood depicts it. Uh, he strangled a man to death with his bare hands. He uh, drowned another one with his face in the mud. Uh, yeah, and then at the same time, the transformation he's having is also with his son's realization that his dad isn't who he thought he was. Because early in the film, when he's just a farmer, we see him farming, we see his son getting exasperated at him. Uh, his son, Wyatt, uh, he says things like, is this all you ever really wanted? That's it. Just you know, mule and sweat, and plants. That's all you wanted. And then I, you, you know, you you see his wor- world weary dad, played by Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, he says, "Son, there's worse things. <laughs> there's worse things, and there is indeed worse things, like having everybody uh, in the whole state chasing after you." Uh, so he plays uh, a man who has. I would have thought he had found redemption, but it's funny later on. He says, "I never believed in redemption." To his son. But uh, raising a son like you gave me some solace. Yeah, so basically we're watching Billy the Kid after he walked away from his life as an outlaw. Curry, when he was a little boy in New Mexico, tells the story of how Billy the Kid, he saw him right before he got shot. And Billy the Kid said to him, keep your head down, kid, and you'll be all right. 
and he kept that with him his entire life. And what he thought happened was Billy the Kid got shot. But what he didn't realize was that he was at home being taken care of by Billy the Kid himself, who I believe walked away from that life because everybody thought he was dead and he has a second chance. And two, he fell in love and settled down and had Wyatt, who he basically did everything for. But the moment that this movie turns is really when he goes back to that loot because that's the old Billy the Kid. And it invites a host of bandits and uh, bank robbers, uh, train robbers, mm-hmm. to come to the house and uh, start a ruckus. Does, uh, if that's the old Billy the Kid, if Billy the Kid never left, is that why he says he never believed in redemption? Because maybe he believes people can't change. Do you think part of that is what this movie's about? Uh, that people really can't change? That a leopard doesn't change its spots? Uh, what do you think about that? Is that what the movie seems, is, is possibly saying? Well, the only other time that I can remember where it's pointing to what you're saying here is he tells his son very matter-of-factly, after putting a gun in his hand, that once you kill a man, there's no going back. Yeah. And you don't know that until you cross it. And he tried to protect him from that. He didn't want him to shoot anyone. Uh, but he was telling him that as he put a gun in his hand and right. told him to aim for the heart. He sure did. He didn't want him to go out and have his son affected by those things at all. That was one right. of his son's frustrations. He felt oversheltered. Yes. Wouldn't, he let, wouldn't, wouldn't, let teach, shoot. wouldn't let him shoot or learn right. how to shoot a gun. But once they, there were eight men around the house, he put the gun in his son's hand and said, if you do this, there's no going back. Aim for the heart and keep shooting until he's dead. Yeah, now that's... um. He was doing a good thing for his son, so to me... He was, but I think he was saying, you can never change. That's true, but you know what? I I feel like he did find redemption by saving, you know, killing these people and saving his son's life in that moment. I feel like... Possibly. I, I mean, that's what... It's, it seemed like a redemption to me. I mean, I don't really believe he could change, because he did. He wasn't an outlaw character. He was just a man trying to survive and save his son's innocence and his life. He ruined his place in his life. It's one of the last things that he said to his son before he died. Yeah. That he wanted him to, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but mm-hmm. basically that there's no place for him in the world anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> the world couldn't have him because he had already ruined that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was hoping that there would be something else for his son. Yeah. But when his son rides off into the sunset, he's going out to join the world. But he goes out to join the world with blood on his hands, knowing what it is to kill a man. That's right. Um, now, now, as you're saying this, uh, I was just reminded of something something that I thought was very curious. Uh, his son learned to shoot by... First of all, he found like a hidden wall or cupboard that his dad had hid like the money and a gun and like some papers in. I can't remember why he did... He found the loot, too. Yeah, he found the loot, too. And, and he learned to shoot. He took the gun out and started doing target practice on a glass bottle, but... I can't remember. How did he get the inclination there was like a loose board there against the wall? Do you remember that? No. Okay, anyway, so he found he, he found uh, his dad a hidden passageway, but I guess my real question is why, if his dad wanted to leave that life behind, did he leave those old, like, uh, indications that he was Billy the Kid? Like, uh, he left something. Wasn't it like a little newspaper clipping or a picture of himself in his old life? You know, if he's trying to leave that mm-hmm. behind. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, because his son sort of found out his son sort of found something from besides the gun. He, sure. he was like, who are you? Who are you? Sure. 
You know? Well, I think the film also needed some foreshadowing. Well, sure. It didn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we figured out really early. It's it's really hard not to figure out really early that this is Billy the Kid, right? Um, With the flashbacks. It's like they build it up. But somehow at the end, when they reveal officially that's Billy the Kid, and then they show just how much Tim Blake Nelson looks like yeah, Billy the Kid. right. That was so great. They it's even great. nailed his, his snaggletooth. Um, yes. it's, it somehow still hit me as a surprise, didn't it, you? Yes. Yes, yes, it was. It was, uh, quite a surprise. Uh, he did have a, a very strong resemblance to the character. And that's another reason why Hollywood should cast what's, what are considered non-typical leading men, like Tim Blake Nelson guys who don't have the, the George Clooney, like, uh, handsome sheetness about them. Because... Especially in Because we all don't look like that? Because we all don't look like that. My gosh. I mean, hire more people, Hollywood. Get a grip. Not every film has to star George Clooney and Ryan Reynolds. That's well, all I'm saying. I think um, Tim Blake Nelson yeah. is a really good actor. I thought yeah. he was so good in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait for his next film. I just love him on screen. He's utterly watchable, isn't he? he well, he was a lot of fun in Buster Scruggs, which uh, apparently I was reading was... The reason he was cast in this film. We got to love the guy who shot all those people. And well, this definitely wasn't... This one definitely wasn't a fun movie. No, but it was not as fun. But, good movie. Uh, great storytelling. It was very compact. I think it was uh, just over 90 minutes. Uh, didn't waste a lot of time. I got to it. The Prisoner Curry, uh, early on, I think probably about 30 minutes in, starts telling the story about Billy the Kid. And that's the first uh, foreshadowing that something isn't what it seems. Right. Uh, right on. Well, another theme is about whether or not lying and lying by omission is the same thing. That's and right. If he it said, matters. He, right. He told his son, I never lied to you. And his son said, you didn't tell me the whole truth. Something like that. Isn't that the same thing? Isn't that the same thing? Because he knew there was something up and he was attacking his dad on what was going on and what was his past and all of this. Mm-hmm. And he said, I never lied to you. Yeah. Uh, and... But there is lying by omission. And that comes around at the end when Curry is desperately hurt and old Henry takes off his shirt to address the wound. Yeah. And he sees that there's a gang branding on his arm. Now, the reason why this matters is because in the beginning, Curry said that he was a lawman. Yes. Not a criminal. Right. And this whole winding story on why... He, he got in trouble with these bank robbers, but I, I don't want to go off on that tangent. I just yeah. want to focus on, he showed that. And as soon as he sees it, Curry shoots Billy, the kid in the gut. Yeah. And before he dies, he said, I really didn't want to kill you. I can't believe it's you. I really didn't want it to go this way. I really wish you hadn't seen that. Um, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you the whole story. I am yeah. a lawman, uh. but we also <laughs> robbed trains with this gang. Yeah. Right, another an, another lie by omission. Uh, except that one was really a lie by omission. I think the lie by omission he told his son was, I mean, he was protecting his son. I don't, I don't consider that bad. I mean, well, come I'm on. wondering if how it's... could you raise a son if you knew your dad was a bank robber and an outlaw? You you wouldn't. You tell everybody. You'd feel bad about your dad. You wouldn't be able to relate to him. That's a lot to deal with as a kid. So I can yeah. come on. Well, it might be connected to the theme of can you change because. Right. Just because you don't tell the whole truth doesn't mean that it isn't there. Yeah. And is it better to keep the whole truth partially uncovered or not? Ultimately, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, but we had a lot of fun in the Old West with Old Henry. He killed a lot of people. 
Stephen Dorff was... Really brutally. Stephen Dorff, how was he as a villain? He was great! He's always great as a villain. I heard that he's like... This is sort of like a rumor, but isn't he like really unliked in Hollywood? That's what I've often heard. I'm sorry. Um, Okay, yeah, so Stephen Dorff. Great 80s character. I loved how they brought him back as a a no-account villain. This was a guy without any shades. Uh, he wasn't lying by omission. Well, no, he was. He was also lying by omission. So almost everybody in the film, all the adults, well, he was were lying. Wait, around you know what? With all a badge the, that didn't belong to him. You know what? All the adults in the film were lying by omission. So maybe this film is really talking about adulthood. Is adulthood? Anyway, maybe that's too deep. But that's <laughs> the, the the three adult characters were all lying by omission. Honestly, I think the whole movie is about seeing Billy the Kid in action. Yeah, it's a thrill. Yeah, it must have been a dream. It must have been. So I appreciate yeah. that they tried to put, you know, a father-son dynamic and mm-hmm. some sort of lesson into the screenplay. And I think they did a good good job. I really liked it a lot. I do think that the Western death scenes are, are, are pretty raw, like revenant. Like, it's just, oh, it's yeah. just really real. He was choking this guy out. You could hear the bones breaking. And he, and he kept telling him he was going to spare his life. Just tell him what he needed to know. Are your friends coming? Are your friends coming? And the guy wouldn't tell him. Yeah. Wouldn't tell him. And then he just uh, choked him out, and you could hear everything. It's really gruesome. He broke his neck. Uh, very. It's horrible. It's horrible. horrible. And then he fed him to the pigs. Wow. Uh, he did feed him to the pigs. He, his son was asking, What are we going to do with the body? We ate. <laughs> we ate. <laughs> Good impression. So we loved old Henry. What do you give old Henry, Phoebe? I give it 10. 10? Ah. Uh, you know what? I give it 9.7 bags of loot. Uh, wow, we're doing fractions now. I didn't realize. Uh, 9.7. You love the film. I just thought that the us heckling the movie yeah. a little bit at the end when he was killing eight men with, you know, eight men to one, that, that seemed a little unrealistic. Oh, that's right. I brought that up. Like, uh, when he comes outside to face off against the eight guys, he shoots three guys in a row on his front porch while running from the front door, from a standing position, and then dives into his window, and all eight guys proceed to shoot at him, and none of them can land a single shot. Right. So when you said that, it made me laugh, and yeah. is now. I, otherwise, I probably would have given it ten, but you made me laugh, so it shaved off a couple of fractions for me. Yeah. Well, in real life, uh, Tim Blake Nelson wouldn't have brought in that refugee. You know, I don't know why he. He let him live in the first place. You know, it was weird. Well, he doesn't believe in redemption, That's but funny. maybe a man can change. Uh-huh. <gasps> See, he didn't believe in redemption, but he wanted to save this guy's life. That's redemption. All right, there you go. We ruined your film. You ruined. <laughs> you do believe in redemption after all. Uh, old Henry, um, we give it uh, 9 out of 10. I was about to say ropes, but there's no ropes in the film. There's no ropes uh, in the film. That was the last movie. Uh, you're right. Um, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Uh, nine out of ten honorable Mexicans because of the Mexican sidekick of Stephen Dorff, who he spoke to in Spanish, mm. uh, and then was the very last guy killed. Actually, mm. Well, second to last guy, before Stephen Dorff comes back to life and has a little chase sequence with him. Well, that's uh, That was fun, that little chase sequence at the end. Because I guess the director was like, oh, shoot, he killed everybody too fast. And so he brought Stephen Steve, <laughs> Dorff no, back. For- no, it was a classic formula of bring back the... They, I mean, right. come on. We knew that guy was going to come back. He's the lead villain. Right. He got shot first. Did right. we not think that he was not going to resurrect back no. to life? So that would be the final hoedown? The final hoedown. Yeah. 
Uh, and there was a lot of shooting. Is it hoedown or shakedown? Uh, it's it's whatever you want. It to I be. think hoedown is a dance. Although that would have been a funny ending. Uh, I would have liked it to, to see a dance <laughs> sequence uh, in this film. One did not arise. That's why I've uh, uh, I've dropped my ranking all the way from ten to nine point uh, nine hoedowns. No, what, why did you take it away? Why did you? Why, uh, just, why not to, you know, just the unrealistic sequence. I mean, the whole film was extremely realistic. Uh, that Beautiful. shooting. Yeah, that how he faced off against eight guys. And was like basically without any fear or wanting to run away, uh, felt yeah. a little unrealistic. I thought he would have got his son and, and run out the back door. And also, or given of, up, or given up the prisoner. And also, both of these movies were dependent on flashbacks, yeah, which I don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about flashbacks. It just makes me go like, oh god, we got to start over with another storyline. I just, I don't know why. Not my favorite. Ah, so you don't like the expository nature of the flashback reveal. I have an iPhone, okay? Any exposition I, I get, I have trouble with. I like movies that get right to the point. Um, um, that's why you like TikTok, darling. <laughs> Maybe we should do Joshua and Phoebe about TikTok. <laughs> and uh, with that, uh, Old Henry, uh, we love the film. Lost Daughter, we all, we also love it. Uh, may not be for all audiences. Um, Phoebe, any final words on Lost Daughter and Old Henry? I think Lost Daughter is for grown-ups who want to think about grown-up things. I think Old Henry are for folks that really love an artful Western and have any fascination with Billy the Kid. And all of the actors are fantastic. Highly recommend both of them. That's it, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot, but mostly Joshua and Phoebe, yeah!